I speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good morning. What a good morning it is. Back in the spring, after almost two years of nothing but appointments via Zoom, I scheduled a checkup with my doctor and finally went into the doctor's office to receive my physical. Now, I have to tell you, I'm still young enough to recall what my yearly physicals used to be like. Not so long ago, I'd go in and I'd get a poke and a jab and a reflex test, and that would be it. When it was all over, the doctor would look at me and he'd say, stay active, take care of yourself, and I'll see you again next year. Well, over the last five years of my life, as I've been moving through this thing we call the mid-40s into the upper 40s, the late 40s, all of this has suddenly begun to change. Even before the pandemic, I already started asking my doctor about my eyes and why they didn't seem to be seeing as clearly as they once did. And why is it that it's getting harder and harder for me to hear someone when I'm in a a loud, overpopulated place? And why when I go out and play with my seven-year-old daughter here in warm and wonderful Florida, do I feel like I'm running out of steam a lot sooner than I used to? Now, unlike when my allergies get bad and the doctor just makes me another prescription for Flonase, when I ask about my eyes and ears and my body in general, my doctor now seems to say the same thing over and over again. Donovan, I'm afraid This is just what happens to everyone as they get older. And after he says that, he does give me a prescription. But it's the same kind each and every time. You need to have at least 30 minutes of aerobic exercise every day, eight hours of sleep at night, and you need to cut out on all those foods that have sugar, salt, and fat. Do this, he tells me, and you will be transformed. And I tell you, as he says this to me each and every time, I'm always nodding my head in total agreement, just waiting him to finish so I can go out, get in my car, go through a drive-thru so I do not have to get out and walk into the restaurant, (laughs) and ordering an extra-large vanilla latte at Starbucks with whole milk and extra whipped cream. And I have to believe that even if you are an extremely healthy, well-conditioned adult who runs five miles each morning, eats only kale and quinoa, whatever that is, and practices daily regimes of power yoga, you too probably have received some very wise instruction in your life and somehow decided to let it slide out of sight and out of mind. And for the rest of us who do go to Starbucks, it's the same kind of struggle. We know exactly what we should do, and yet, for some reason, we decide right then and there to do something completely, totally different. And beyond our physical health, it moves through all levels and actions of life, doesn't it? Maybe you've been advised by your counselor to not work so hard and take a break to lower your stress and improve your family life. Maybe you've been given that really good book about an issue that you are facing by someone you absolutely trust who has told you it will change your life if you just read it. 
Perhaps someone has presented you advice on how to keep your aging car in good shape or your yard from getting out of control or even to get your golf swing better put together. We certainly know and believe that if we just follow through with good advice and do it, whatever it may be can help us or change us in that way that we might desperately need. We tend to know this and then we, for one reason or another, tell ourselves we will just try to do it that way next time, and we fall back into our routines and further away from what might save us. Brothers and sisters, this morning in the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel writer is revealing a story to us of a time when Jesus himself offered something absolutely incredible and miraculous to 10 people who needed it more than anyone else. Jesus offers this life-altering miracle free of charge. And out of the 10 people who receive the gift, only one truly puts it to work fully and transformationally and wholly. Today, Jesus is once again on the move as he's been throughout the gospel. Jesus has been all around the country over the last few weeks preaching and teaching and working incredible miracles. But now Jesus has shifted his journey back towards the holy city of Jerusalem. And this, we know, is going to be Jesus's most important final journey because Jesus is going to that holy city of Jerusalem and he's going there to face the cross. And on the start of the journey this morning between Samaria and the Galilee, we are told that Jesus comes upon a group of lepers. These lepers are out there along the road in this desolate and volatile region because the only thing that both Jews and Samaritans can agree upon is that those with the disease of leprosy must be cast out of their communities as far away as possible from family, neighbors, and just about anything that is alive and is breathing. According to the Jewish law found in the book of Leviticus, to have leprosy wasn't just a frightening physical disease that could be terribly contagious. It was also the scarlet letter for being a human being who was unclean. And if you were unclean in the eyes of the community and the religious priests and rabbis, that terrible disease of leprosy could be nothing more than a sign that you have committed an awful sin and are facing a heavy penalty by an angry God. And so those with leprosy were forced to live out in the liminal, in-between spaces, along highways or in uninhabited regions, where even there... They were still required to stay away from anyone who passed by and if they saw another human being to identify themselves by shamefully shouting out, unclean, unclean. I can't think of any worse way to have to live a life in general, but to experience it with a disease must have been just horrible. This is the group that Jesus is passing by on that road this morning between Samaria and Galilee on his way to the cross in Jerusalem. And when they see Jesus and recognize him as that man that they certainly must have heard of as a healer and as a miracle worker, they break with that kosher law and immediately start crying out from a distance, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. This stops Jesus in his path and leads to what will be a very caring, loving response. For Jesus knows 
that they are unclean and their sincere desire is to be cleansed and healed of their sickness. And knowing everything that they need, Jesus gives them a prescription that is required to end their quarantine and their separation. Jesus tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. Of course, we may wonder why didn't Jesus just say you are healed? Well, here Jesus knows as well as they know that in order for them to have that healing completed and to have themselves allowed to return to those who they love in community and in synagogue, that they must first receive a formal pronouncement of being cleansed of their leprosy from those who oversaw such a thing in those days, the religious authorities. It will be their willingness in this to trust and follow Jesus' direction that will bring about their physical healing. And so the Bible tells us that as they went, they were made clean. But in that incredible, miraculous moment of physical healing, one of the ten lepers suddenly realizes that there's something that might be offered that is even more important than that. And it will be this one person only who comes to the realization that to not turn around and fall at the feet of the very one who has presented them this cleansing gift in thanksgiving might just be to miss out on something that's even more incredible. And so the gospel says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice and he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And as Luke never fails to do, The gospel writer points out right then and there that this individual wasn't the fellow Jew that would have been expected. He was, in fact, a Samaritan. Brothers and sisters, this whole sermon could be focused simply on the importance of saying thank you. I mean, how important is it to always remember to give thanks, especially to God, when we receive something freely we desperately need in our lives. But this morning, I think it is just as important to understand what else comes out and is revealed to us when this one Samaritan turns back and decides to fall at the knees of Jesus first. Certainly, he too is being healed of his sickness. That in and of itself is enough. But both Jews and Samaritans knew that to be physically healed from a disease like leprosy, a disease that does so much physical, terrible damage, was impossible. To receive such a healing could only come from some divine place, from some miracle of God. Therefore, any healer like this must be God's vessel, or in the case of Jesus on the road to Jerusalem, God, God's self. This is what has come over the Samaritan. And so he suddenly realizes that the prescription for his physical healing is one thing, but to be in the presence of God might be something even greater. And through this, the gospel tells us the Samaritan becomes a believer and turns around to praise and worship God with a loud voice and to lay himself at the feet of the true healer. Jesus then says the All of them who must have been standing there were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And to the man at his feet, Jesus says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Yes, the lepers all had been physically healed, but only one of them that day, I believe, 
has been saved. And through that salvation, transformed through the increased, fully realized trust and faith that comes to God. It is as if the others only got the prescription. But this one Samaritan has followed through with the full diagnosis and is being transformed for the salvation that he carries not only on the outside of his body, but in his sin-sick soul. Brothers and sisters, thanks be to God that as far as I know, none of you nor me have leprosy. But even if we don't have such a terrible outer disease as that, we certainly all carry some form of illness. I mean, we're born with it. It's just what we are as human beings. Maybe it's some kind of physical ailment, or maybe it's just an ailment that overwhelms our day-to-day activities and our lives and the knowledge and wisdom we're given to do what's right, but which we fall away from. Maybe we need more, maybe we need less. Whatever it is, If you're already here in the church today, then I already believe Jesus is working to heal you. But Jesus wants to do more than just heal the body or the mind or the heart. Jesus wants to change you. Jesus wants to transform you. And by transforming you, transforming this world that surrounds us, Jesus wants to save you and Jesus wants to save all of us. And all we have to do is listen to Jesus and place our trust in Him. As Jesus said last week, just the little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed can give us the ability to change our lives and change the world. May we find the strength we need to give gratitude to God, to be transformed by God, and to be saved by God through Jesus Christ. Amen.